0: Looking for a way to keep your kids or grandkids entertained? Just tell your smart speaker to play Vision Kids Radio. Vision Kids. Problem solved. Audio on demand from Vision Christian
1: Media. Dr. Michael Youssef with an introduction to this episode of Leading the Way.
0: For those of you who know the Lord and love the Lord, your task and mine is to thoughtfully but firmly call our generation to repent before it's too late. But before we can do that, we have to learn how to repent ourselves. I would say repentance is not only for sinners, repentance is for believers. So we have to learn to repent ourselves and then call others to repentance.
1: Welcome to Leading the Way with pastor and author of more than 50 life-altering books, Dr. Michael Youssef. You're sure to be challenged as you listen to this episode. Dr. Yusuf is bringing you the encouragement you need to face the very real battles against the false gods who are rising up and leading people of all ages astray today. Right now though, join me in listening to this episode of Leading the Way. There's no doubt in anyone's
0: mind that political correctness is being rammed down our throats to the point where truth has been replaced by such concept as all views must be accepted and accommodated. All things, including morality, are relative. Among churches today, they despise biblical teaching and biblical doctrine. Their refrain is this, doctrine divide, but love unites. And by love they mean that there is no right and there's no wrong. And so, those of us who are Bible-believing Christians, like never before, we are called upon this time, at this hour, in this moment, in this generation, to stand up and stand out against that pressure. This is the battle of our generation. We must firmly and lovingly say that according to God, there is right and there is wrong. That according to God, right must be lifted high and wrong must be rejected. Sadly, our political leaders and even church leaders have rejected this principle long ago, and now the so-called small errors that began in the 60s have now become mountains. The silence of God's people for the last 40 years has now become unscalable wall. Confrontation of falsehood in our world today is not popular. Do I need to say it again? It is not popular, and I can tell you it ain't cheap either. And sadly, when too many Christians have placed leisure and comfort, and remaining silent above the confrontation, we end up with a quagmire as we're seeing today. Moses was a man who was reluctant to accept the challenge of confronting evil, and yet despite of his reluctance, in spite of his feeling of inadequacy. He began to trust God. He began to trust in the power of God, which is far greater than any Pharaoh. And so he received great supernatural power that he couldn't even imagine as heir apparent to Pharaoh's throne when he was adopted grandson of Pharaoh. Moses was reluctant, felt inadequate to confront evil. Why? Because he knew that there can be no victory at bargain prices, and he was counting the cost. He was counting the cost. He's weighing the cost. But after quickly counting the cost, he decided to trust God and to go for God's glory over the world's gold. Now, beloved, only those who overcome the fear after counting the cost will experience glorious victory. Only those who honestly, after weighing and measuring the difference between the world's gold and God's glory, and then they will turn their backs on gold, will they experience God's supernatural power. Only those who are willingly pay the cost will experience the supernatural power of God. As long as we are contented with our comfort and with our entertainment and with our sports, and I mean all these comfort zones that we have created for ourselves, we will never see God's power working. Exodus chapter 5, follow it with me, because there you see the battle between God and Satan. (laughs) Pharaoh is a type of Satan, and this battle began to be waged with great intensity. And yet, at the end results, just as it was on the cross, (laughs) the final victory uncompromising victory was our God's. And make no mistake about it, the final victory always be our God. It's like the old preacher said, we've read the last chapter of the book, and we know we win. And I hear so many weak-kneed Christian leaders say, oh, we shouldn't be confrontational. I hear them. Some of them talk to me. Oh, Michael, we should not always talk about what we're against. Let's talk about what we are for. But that's foolishness, because what we're against and what we're for are two sides of the same coin. (laughs) It's a cop-out. It's exactly what it is. The problem is not with confrontation, but the problem is with how we deploy our confrontation, how we do our confrontation, how we, our confrontation is conducted. Listen to me. We do not do it in arrogance. We do not do it in anger. We do not do it in hatred. We do not do it in pride. We do not do it in bitterness, and we do not do it in rudeness. No. But we do it lovingly and, oh, firmly and unwavingly. You and I have no choice. If you try to ignore the battle, try to run away from the battle, you're going to be run over. You and I have no choice in confronting Satan by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Just as Moses had only one refrain, let my people go. Let my people go. Let's say it together. Let my so, our refrain in prayer to God, in commanding Satan with the power of God that dwells in us, if you've got your son who's in trouble, you've got your daughter who's in trouble, you've got a husband or a wife who doesn't know God, and, and you must never, ever stop saying, let them go. You must never give up saying, let him go. You yourself, Maybe at the grip of addiction, you may be at the chained to something that you know it is not right, and you are giving the keys to Satan exactly what you do. You give him a key into your life, and he comes in and harasses you with this. Now, you can say and command Satan in prayer, in the power of Jesus, let me go. Please, 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 let me warn you. Let me warn you, not a warning from me personally, but a warning from the Word of God, although it's, I've experienced it firsthand. Here's a warning from the example of Moses. Here's a warning. Don't miss that. The more you persist in commanding Satan to let go, the more he gets outraged. Did you get that? Just like Pharaoh, who would not let the Israelites go... But he made the last more miserable. He made the last more intolerable. <laughs> Satan will hold tenaciously, hoping that you give up. That's exactly what he does. And that's exactly what he's doing here. <laughs> Just like Pharaoh, who pretended that he's going to let them go, and you'll see that in the next message, little bit here and little bit here, on the surface he sounded sincere. Satan sometimes throws you a bone to keep you busy and stop you from praying. Satan's teeth were knocked out at the cross. His bark sometimes can be scary, but he can't touch you. You are in the palms of the hands of your heavenly daddy, and no one can touch you. So don't give up. Don't give up, say it with me. (laughs) Oh, I think of Moses. I always, I told you I always put myself in the place of these characters in the Bible, these individuals, and he sees Pharaoh increasing the whips on their back, increasing that they have to keep the same quarter but God and get the straw and he making the Israelites' life miserable. And he probably standing there and said, oh, God, what am I doing here? What's going on here? And he's okay, 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 Satan, I give up. Pharaoh, it's the same thing. <laughs> I give up. I give up. Just let them go. Let them go back to their original quarter. I can imagine that. Can you? Uh, Moses could have listened to the Israelites' false accusations of him. And he added to their trouble, and he said, you caused us this. And he knows he's there by God's command. And he could have said, oh, God, I don't want this to happen. Okay, okay, Pharaoh, Pharaoh, I, I, I give up. I don't want to make things worse for my people. But, beloved, listen to me. The more the situation worsened, the more Moses trusted in the promises of God. The angrier Pharaoh become, the more trusting God Moses became. Had Moses reacted through his emotions, had Moses reacted with his feelings, had Moses reacted out of sentimentality, the Israelites would have still be slaves in Egypt today. They would have never gone to the promised land. There would have been no David, and certainly there would be no Messiah, who in the loins of some of them came the Lord Jesus Christ. So hold on, and don't give up. Hold on. Don't ever give up. Are you coming to the end of your rope? Tie a knot. Tie a knot and wait for God. When you're tempted to give up, look up. When you get tired of waiting, sing praises. You know, there are no fine prints with me, okay? It's the best way. i tell you straight. And I'll tell you the truth is I no more enjoy waiting for God than any of you. I don't enjoy the process of waiting for God, but I know, but I know, but I know that this process, through this process, God is teaching me perseverance. God is building my faith muscles. God is exposing the horrors of sin and Satan. God is accomplishing His perfect purpose in me. God is demonstrating His unquestionable power. God is showing Satan. Who's boss? God is showing Satan who's in charge. God is exposing falsehoods. And we will see in the next message that these ten plagues, they were there for a reason. Because every one of those ten plagues that happened in succession, they were a demonstration of God's power over the ten gods of Egypt. Every one of them. God was showing He is mightier than these false gods of the frogs and all the other stuff. During God's process to victory, he's doing too many things all at once. We can't see it. He's encouraging Moses to trust him more. He is rendering Satan as a worthless deceiver. He is showing Pharaoh who's king and a whole lot more. As I was preparing this week my mind harkened back to a fable that I've read many, many, many years ago, well over 30 years ago. But it has truth here. And the fable goes something like this. It's a story about the lion who wanted to show all the animals in the kingdom, in the jungle, that he is king, and he is the king of the jungle. So one day he decided to show the rest of the animal kingdom who's the real king, who's boss. And so, in arrogance, he bypassed all the small animals in the kingdom, and he went straight for the bear. And he said to the bear, Bear, who is the king of the jungle? And the bear said, It's you, of course, King Lion. And at that moment, the lion issued a roar of being pleased with himself. The next he went to the tiger. Tiger! Who is the king of the jungle? And the tiger said, You, of course, O lion, king of the jungle. Everyone knows that. Next on the list was the elephant. And so the lion faces the elephant, and he asked him the same question. Who is the king of the jungle? The elephant immediately grabbed the lion with his trunk, whirled him around five or six times, and then he slammed him on a tree, and then he pounded him into the ground several times, and then he drenched him underwater in a nearby lake, and finally he dumped him on the shore. By that time, the lion was bruised and battered, dizzy and struggling to stand to his feet, and he looked at the elephant through sad and bloodshot eyes, and he said, look, Just because you don't know the answer, you don't have to be mean about it. (laughs) That's why those ten plagues that God sent upon Pharaoh in rapid succession is a picture of how that lion, Satan, and the Bible said that. I am not making it up. Peter said that he is like a lion roaming around looking at someone he may devour. You see, he may be hammered and bruised and battered and beaten, but he would not give up. He will not give up. Make no mistake about it. Satan's one and overriding desire that he to be followed and worshiped instead of God. It has been from the beginning, when he was thrown out of heaven. He does that through false religions. He does that through false teaching in churches. He does that through false teachers. He does that through secular humanism. He does that through ignorant and blinded people. Think of this audacious statement that Satan made to Jesus. All these things I'll give you (laughs) if you'd fall down and worship me. And on the cross, our Lord Jesus Christ showed him who's king? (laughs) There he plummeted him and pounded him and knocked his teeth out, and Jesus is soon coming back to finish him off once and for all. So, stand up and stand out. Look up. Look up. Sadly, today, Satan's overriding desire to be worshiped has been enhanced by believers' silence. His efforts are being enhanced by misguided teachers. For everyone who is not worshipping Jesus with their all, open the door to Satan. Every believer who does not worship Jesus with their all, they are not worshipping nothing. They are worshipping falsehood. The Bible said how Satan appears to be as an angel of light and deceive people. Here's the thing that probably previous generation would not have seen this. Satan is not pretending anymore. His foot soldiers are now coming out of the closet and into our schools and into our churches. And in this day of tolerance, when every religion is good… At this age of saying that all religions that are false except for Jesus Christ alone and faith in Him is considered to be bigotry. I want to tell you, I am honored in this circumstance to call myself bigot. That is why I'm pleading with you. (laughs) Learn to look up and stand up. And watch and anticipate the power of God working in us. Now Egypt, in the days of Moses, were just like Rome after it. It's like Europe today. It's like in the West today. Pluralism, mysticism, and all the other isms that ought to be wasms. <laughs> and now reigning supreme, and that, my beloved friends will bring the judgment of God. And unless God's people start repenting, start genuinely, seriously, seriously, not just paying lip service, the judgment will not stay. It will not be stayed. It will come. It will come. Today, believers have no problem going to a ball game early, staying late several hours. Oh, but going to church, come late, leave early. God could not be happy with this. And I'm not talking about this I'm talking about churches in general. I want to say a few things as I conclude. And Pharaoh said, Who is this God that I should obey His voice? Who is this God that I should obey His voice? Poor old Pharaoh. Shortly he found out who is God, who God is. It was too late for him. It was too late for him. I pray to God that it's not too late. Now is the time Today is the hour. Beloved, God is patient and long-suffering. And God persevered with Pharaoh ten times, and he persevered. Probably gone for about ten weeks. God persevered in preaching through Noah for 120 years before the flood. God had waited patiently with Israel Three hundred years, prophet after prophet after prophet asked him to turn, to return, to turn, to return. And when they didn't, the Babylonian terrorists came and terrorized them. The apple of his eye. Jesus was very clear when he warned Jerusalem around 33 AD. In fact, the Bible said he wept, oh Jerusalem, Jerusalem. And he said, the day is coming because of your rejection of me, your Messiah, and the two stones are going to be on top of each other. And if you've ever been to Israel, you've seen these massive stones kind of on, on the ground. Because what happened 40 years later or so, around 70 A.D., the Romans came and they raised Jerusalem. Another stone was left. God is patient. God is long-suffering but will not be forever. For those of you who know the Lord and love the Lord, your task and mine is to thoughtfully but firmly call our generation to repent before it's too late. But before we can do that, we have to learn how to repent ourselves. I would say repentance is not only for sinners, repentance is for believers. So we have to learn to repent ourselves and then call others to repentance. God may be calling someone here today before it's too late I sense in my bones that this may be a final warning to someone Will you turn? Will you turn?
1: A challenge to turn and repent Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf for Leading the Way If you'd like to connect with one of our pastoral team members to talk more about what you heard today Fill out a short form at ltw.org Jesus. Well, in the last moments of this episode, here's the topic of an upcoming episode of Leading the Way.
0: After you look at these 9 out of 10 expressions of God's supernatural power and His judgment on Egypt, you begin to comprehend what God meant in Exodus 12.12. This is the whole point here. Here's what God said. Against the gods of Egypt... I will excuse judgment.
1: I am the Lord. This program is furnished by Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef, passionately proclaiming uncompromising truth around the world.
0: Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.